what is up everybody welcome back to the all out blitz podcast you got jeff here and brady and we are talking review from week eight in the national football league kicking it off with last thursday night where the atlanta falcons took on the carolina panthers in the home of the carolina panthers yep and the falcons walked in and walked out not with a last second defeat but a victory. Yes. Pretty decent football game. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mainly because of the W. Yeah. But because the defense showed up when it needed to most with a final pick from Bleedy Ray Wilson, picking off Teddy B to seal the win. Yep. Good victory. Falcons won this game 25-17. What a way to kick off a week eight pre or week eight review episode here. Yeah. On November 4th. Yep. First episode in November. Can you believe it's November? Month of Thanksgiving. Nope. It's awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. Let's um let's move on to another game. Where this was to use use the phrase for my old friend Jim Ross back in the WWE. This one was a slobber knocker. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers took on the Baltimore Ravens. Pittsburgh came out with a victory, 28-24, to stay unbeaten in the NFL. Where's Lamar? Don't know. (laughs) Is he going to show up? I don't know. I don't know either. You want to talk about your little conspiracy theory that you had? Well, it's not a conspiracy theory, but... Decided, you know, I've 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 put a lot of uh, bad vibes out there <laughs> about Lamar Jackson this season, yeah. saying something's off, something's not right, and I and I believe I'm still correct because mm. I'm not the only one out there talking about this. Lamar doesn't seem like Lamar. No. So there's two things. One is, you know, looking at this year through the first eight games. Compared to last year, which was Lamar's MVP season, through the first eight games, his stats were not very different when you look at them, Um, which I find interesting because you look at the first eight weeks and he looks like a very average, subpar kind of quarterback. Yeah. Decisions aren't all that great. Um, accuracy, it doesn't seem to even be close to where he was last year. Um, but when you look at him this year, okay, so the first eight weeks of the season, Lamar Jackson is has a, has a completion percentage of about 60.5 through for slightly over 1,300 yards. 12 touchdowns, and four picks. Okay? Cool. When you look at last season through the first eight weeks, um, like I said before, it's very similar. Completion. This is, the, this is the bigger difference here, this in yards, but completion percentage is 63.3, so not even 3% better. Okay. Through for 1,650 yards. So let's just say an extra 300 yards. 11 touchdowns, 5 picks. So he actually has one more touchdown, one less pick. But for some reason, Lamar doesn't seem like Lamar. 
Now, when you look at last year and you look at the final eight weeks, if you will, or week nine through 17, this is when Lamar became MVP last year because he has a completion percentage of almost 70%, about an additional 1,500 yards, 25 touchdowns to one interception in the second half of the year. So will Lamar Jackson, does he just start slow? And is he going to come back and kick it up a notch and become MVP Lamar again? We're going to have to wait and see. Or did the Tennessee Titans break Lamar Jackson in the playoffs last year? And he'll never be the same. It's too early to tell, but it's in, that's my conspiracy theory. Yep. Derrick Henry broke the will of Lamar Jackson. Anyway, that's my hot take. Yep. Um, either way, Pittsburgh's still unbeaten. Baltimore had three giveaways, if you will, three turnovers yep. to Pittsburgh's zero. Yep. Baltimore should have won this football game. Yeah. Not sure what happened. Referees were kind of garbage. Yeah. But that's an excuse in all games, it seems like these days. Yeah. Uh, 28-24 score there. <clears throat> Next game, uh, battle of the AFC East. Is this the year where New England gets knocked off? Well, thanks to Cam Newton fumbling the ball at the end of the game, yes, because the Buffalo Bills beat the New England Patriots 24-21. Yep. Overall, pretty solid football game. Cam didn't play too bad. Then... Fumbled at the end. Also, the Bills, they need to figure out their team because these last two games have been close when they shouldn't have been. Yeah, the Bills, uh, they started out very, very strong. Very, um, they dominated, if you let's, let's just use that term. In the last couple of weeks, they really haven't. But, you um, know, but you know, there's, there's something to that, too, is that if a team can pull out these gutsy victories these tight wins that's important down the stretch because you know when you get towards the end of the season into the playoff time teams are tired teams are injured teams are hurt teams are everything they're not healthy and you need those you need that kind of that road rash if you will to be able to pull out those kind of tight gutsy wins when it comes january yeah so it's good that they're experiencing it now but it is a little concerning that you know, Josh Allen was you know, first five weeks, man. He was like, is this an MVP right here? Yeah. Last couple weeks. Doesn't, doesn't look like it. No. You know who does need to figure it out? Tennessee Titans. This is their second loss in a row. They got beat by my boy Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. 31-20. Wasn't even close. No. Burrow was a monster. Yeah. He carried that team. It was without Joe Mixon even. Yeah. They had Gio Bernard back there running the ball. He's been around forever. But Joe, Joe Burrow put it together. Um, slowed down Derrick Henry as much as you can slow that man down. Yeah. Defense was all over the place. Amazing football by the Cincinnati Bengals. Taking out the Titans. That's a tough one right there. They could take him out. We could take him out. Anybody could take him out. The Bengals could take him out. I say if the Jets will take him out. I don't know. (laughs) 
talk about the Jets here in a minute. But yeah, Bengals over Titans 31-20. On to kind of a crap fest. I don't remember. What did we pick as our toilet bowl game of the week? I was a Dallas game. Dallas and you. Yeah, it was pretty garbage. Uh, Post game. This might be the toilet bowl of the week. Raiders and the Browns. And it's not like a pun because the Browns and the toilet, but like hmm. not to be gross for anybody out there. Uh, but the Raiders, 16-6 to six over the Browns. Browns fell apart. Yeah. Defense was nothing. Yeah. I mean, I know Odell's out, but, man, he only showed up in one game this year. So. Don't know what that is. I don't know. That was a rough loss right there. Yeah. That did not look promising by any means to the Cleveland Browns and what they've been doing so far this year. Looking, we talked about this a little bit when we were watching that game. You know, they've been pretty much a pro uh, or a playoff caliber type team. Yeah. The way they've been they've been winning the winning football here, but this game was bad. Yeah. This was really bad. So, hopefully I'm hoping they get Nick Chubb here back in the next couple of weeks. Not just for my fantasy team. Yeah. I'm sick of him sitting on my bench taking up a spot, but that's my boy. I can't get rid of him. Um, but the Raiders come out with a win over the Browns, sixteen to six. Still not the worst game of the season so far. No, Jets, Dolphins, Jets not putting up any points. It's very true, very <clears throat> true. Still, through this week, the only team to not score a point in a week is the Jets. Not surprised. Um, it's almost kind of a beaten here. Uh, Indianapolis Colts beat the Lions at home, forty-one twenty-one, which is a I want to say surprising. Score. I was a little surprised. You know, the Colts the Colts don't have a bad team. The Lions don't have a bad team. They just don't play well most of the time is pretty much what it seems like. Just like kind of like a little bit of like a blowout there, like 41 it, to... It really was. I mean, when the Colts grabbed a hold of this, they just... Never let they go. They kept their foot on the pedal. Yeah, they never let go. Um, and then, of course, when you get behind like that, you know, Stafford, you know... Didn't have doesn't have the best decision making skills when it comes to that. But then you, you know, you try to force balls in places they shouldn't go, and you commit turnovers, and yep, it just wasn't good. The defense for the Lions, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, um, just how it goes every once in a while. But a big win by Indy. I mean, that's that's yep. a great win right there. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. Um, this next game was a big shocker as well, uh, because I when we talked last week. This was almost a get-right game for me, I was thinking. But the Vikings went into Lambeau to take on Green Bay and the Packers, and the Vikings beat them. Yeah. And I, I still remember this conversation we talked about last episode where, you know, I understand they were, they were uh, you know, they're, they're heading into Lambeau. That alone should be enough. Yeah. And I understand the Vikings, Packers, they usually play each other pretty tough. It just didn't seem like that was going to be the case this year with the way both teams were playing. But the Vikings pull out the victory 28-22. Yeah. You want to know why? Because the one-man wrecking crew in Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook beat the Green Bay Packers. Vikings didn't. Dalvin Cook did. Dalvin Cook did. Um, I mean, he was, he was running the ball. He was catching the ball. He was trucking people. He was juking people. Uh, he probably jumped over somebody at some point. But the man ran the ball 30 times for 163 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Dalvin Cook came back with a vengeance. He said he had that week off when he was a little dinged up. He feels absolutely amazing right now just having a week off. 
Yep. So he came back and showed it, and he's definitely going to look to continue that, hopefully bringing Minnesota a couple more victories. Yep. Uh, next game was kind of a blowout, which we expected. New, uh, New York Jets went into Kansas City, take on the reigning champs in the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs win this one 35-9. The beginning of the game was surprisingly close. It really was. Uh, Jets were like, even up a little bit. Yeah, because like it's the Jets, who are now 0-8, uh, I'm pretty sure. And it's the reigning Super Bowl champs. Well, here's what happened. Three different people threw the ball for the Chiefs in this game. Patrick Mahomes, Tommy Townsend, QB, Chad Henney. And the reason was, first of all, it's a blowout, but Patrick Mahomes had a completion percentage of almost 74%. Threw for 416 yards, which is 9.9 yards per attempt. So every time he threw the football was almost a first down, five touchdowns. That oh. Jets had no, that defense had no idea what to do when they walked into Kansas City that day. Yeah. Um, of course, Le'Veon Bell, right, played against his old team here. Um, interesting thing about that, you know, eh, did he do good? Eh, he was fine. He only ran for. Less than 10 yards, only got six carries. But they only ran the ball 20 times, split between five people. Yeah. So they didn't really run the ball. They came in pass heavy in this game. Uh, next game, uh, the very first start for our boy Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins taking on the L.A. Rams at home in Miami, pulling out the victory 28-17, and that win was not because of Tua. It was no. because of the defense, the special teams, and the rest of the offense. I would also say this game was, I would say, a surprise. Miami's been playing really good football. So we got to give them so that. So the Rams, though. So the Rams. But Miami's been playing really good football. And my concern was when you have a winning streak like that going or you have that kind of confidence and that togetherness in the locker room and you make that weird switch of pulling out the beard to replace with Tua just at a weird time. What's that going to look like? Or is the locker room behind Tua? How, does, how, how are they handling that that explosion of that news in the media that Tua is now their starter before Coach Flo even got a chance to talk to him and let him know? Yeah. Um, I mean, they stuck together for sure. Yeah. I mean, Tua only threw for 93 yards. Not even 100 yards in this game on 24 attempts. Threw one touchdown. So really not that good of a game. No. Um, but when you start when you start looking at it, I mean, they didn't really need to. They only ran for, I think, 55 yards in this game. The defense had turnovers. Yeah. Special teams, 88-yard punt return for a touchdown. The one guy on the defense had like a 80-yard touchdown fumble. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins, the defense and special teams really brought this team through this very first start for Tua. So we'll see if that continues. Um, and of course, they already had their bye week in, during week seven, so they got a long stretch here to go on. Uh, we'll talk about their game tomorrow when we come back on here. Um, 
But Dolphins with a big win, 28-17 over the Rams. Yeah. This game here is a heartbreaker. And I feel bad for this young rookie. But the Denver Broncos beat the Chargers 31-30. to Yeah, that was sad. Justin Herbert had his Chargers with a big lead. Big lead. Drew Locke said, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to bring my team back, and we're going to win this football game. And they did by one single point. But, dude, how many times can Justin Herbert have his team in a lead or in a position to win and have it completely out of his control, and they just lose? No, no. They lost by missing field goals. They lost by the defense just laying an egg yeah. at the wrong time. Um. I heard people calling them the Falcons of the AFC, and it's very similar, and it's depressing, and I feel bad for the kid because he is absolutely bawling out. Um, when you look at Herbert, threw for 278, three touchdowns. He did have two picks, um, 68% completion percentage, though. I mean, from a rookie playing in Denver, whew, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for the kid. Yeah. Drew Locke had very similar stats, so it was, it was a pretty even keel game. It really just came down to that last second, last second score. I think yeah. it was from from Locke to Hamler, I believe it was a little little toss in the end zone on a terrible pass interference call that placed him at the one yard line. So it was fully on the defense here that the Chargers lost this football game, uh, but a big win for Denver nonetheless. Yeah. Um, nice, nice job, Denver, bringing up Drew Lock, bringing it back, staying steady, steady-handed, pulling his team back to a victory. Um, next game, uh, overtime game, kind of a bummer for me. Uh, but the Saints and the Bears, the Saints win this in overtime, twenty-six twenty-three on a field goal. Uh, Bears had this game <laughs> won. What surprised me the most was that a, I would say a. B plus team goes uh, into overtime with I'd say maybe C minus D plus team like the Bears. That's gutsy, man, because they got a good record. They're winning football games. Yeah, but what were they five and two going into this game? Yeah, just surprising that like a, I think the like, I do I agree with you because I think I think the Bears are a little. Well, I think I think I said this weeks before too. Is I think they're posers. I think they lucked out in a couple games, which all teams do throughout the year, right? Yeah. But I don't think the talent on that football team is there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean another win for the Saints. Chalk that one up to uh, to, to Father Luck right there. Just <laughs> they lucked out of they walked out of Chicago with the with the victory. But the the Bears definitely had that game won for sure, and they. Uh, they tossed it in the can, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Um, next game is next game. I'm not surprised by, but you know, there's some news that came out of this one too. But the uh, the 49ers went into Seattle to take on the Seahawks, uh, battle the NFC West, probably the best division in football in this 2020 season. The Seahawks, Man, great game. Yeah, too. the Seahawks win this one, 37-27. <clears throat> it was a lot closer for the majority of the game. I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth, um, and over. And we expected a good game. Yeah. You look at last year and, and how great those games were. They split the win, the wins last year. Um, 
of course, in this game, Jimmy G goes down. He's got an ankle injury. He's out four to six weeks. George Kittle, broken bone in his foot. He's out for eight weeks. They're going to put him on IR in hopes that if they need him later this season, he'll be available to bring back. But it could potentially be a season-ending injury for George Kittle. George Kittle is the heart of that whole football team. He is. He is the heart and the energy of that football team. If he ain't there, oi, let's just pack it up, I think. He was those, out for like a few weeks earlier this season. Yeah, and when he came back, he just steamrolled people. And that's when they started putting games together again. Jimmy G's a little injured. Yeah, he's out for at least a month. Yeah. So you're going to see some Nick Mullins <laughs> in here. Um, and that defense just, again, you know, riddled. That, that, that They have the worst injury luck this season, I believe. Yeah, they're the, All their stars are pretty much are out. Yeah, like they're the team that got hit with the injury and the Titans got hit with the corona. Yeah. It's been tough. Um, but a good divisional victory for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw earlier that they shut down their facility because um, someone got the coronavirus. 49ers Oh, uh, 49ers did? Yeah. 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 Um, there's a couple teams that have been battling that, that this week. The uh, uh, Who is the other one? Uh, Denver is another one. GM John Elway. Tested positive, along with some other folks, staff folks as well. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple of players here and there that have, have popped up this week. So we'll see. We'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, maybe in the uh, in the week nine preview episode, uh, seeing who may who may be in, who may be out for this coming week game. Yeah. Um, next game was our toilet bowl of the week pick, battle of the NFC East, and it was exactly the toilet bowl of the week. The Dallas Cowboys took on the Philadelphia Eagles. Big first start for Dallas Cowboys third stringer Ben DiNucci. And he didn't disappoint with bringing Dallas a loss like everybody else. It really was. Like (laughs) I said, it really was the toilet bowl of the week. The Eagles won this game. They beat the Cowboys 23-9 to take over sole possession of first place with three whole wins in the NFC East. Gosh. They are three, four, and one, and they are on top of their division. And they're going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, with home field advantage, probably. Um, yeah, it was a bad football game. Dallas looks terrible. I mean, I mean, they look they look worse than the Jets at this point, in my opinion. I would rather. You think I, it's time to trade Zeke? I we talked. I don't think they can. Yeah, their contract is way too big, too much dead money. Nobody's going to want to take that kind of money critics, on for a running critics back. Critics are saying, is I know. it time to trade Zeke? I know. I think he's overrated. He I think when he came out, he had a, he was he he played great football the first two years. I think he definitely slid off the radar. Um, and with this team, with the dinged up offensive line, if he doesn't have that stud offensive line in front of him, he's nothing. Um, you don't have Dak there to be able to kind of pull you out of things a little bit. It's it's tough. Uh, his his contract is way too big. No team is going to want to do that for a running back. Not today. Jets might have the cap. Yeah, but they're not going to want to pay a running back. They would have kept Le'Veon Bell. It's they're, they're very similar. Running. They're trying to tank. They get Trevor Lawrence. I don't. I don't think they're trying. I think they're just that bad. <laughs> well, they kept they kept getting rid of good players. They got rid of like a linebacker earlier this week. Something. Avery Williamson. Yeah, went to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So that's with Devin Bush being out for the rest of the year. Uh, but yeah, NFC East, just terrible. Just terrible people. 
finally, this was a shocker. Uh, not the outcome, but the game itself was the Monday night game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went in to, to take on the other. I'd say it was a shocker as an outcome. Uh, the New York Giants, part of the toilet bowl division here. The, the Bucks won this game 25-23, to 23, where the Giants led this thing for most of the game. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady was on the sideline pitching a fit like a two-year-old. It was amazing to watch because that's exactly <laughs> who he is. Um, and people would be like, ah, no, he's not. And then they would yell at me for being an idiot yeah, because he he's just competitive. And, and I get that. But he was seriously acting like a two-year-old pouting. So it's a good thing that him and Antonio Brown are back together again. They can cry together. <laughs> but the Giants came out, man. And I'll tell you what. I don't know what sparked them or what happened. They lit a candle somewhere, and they led the whole third can I, can I? I'll be honest with you. I think it's their head coach. That rookie head coach, Joe Judge, I think is starting to build something special there in New York. Now, they don't have the talent to back it up yet. Um, and there was another story that just came out today from cornerback Logan Ryan about the just what he's building in New York and the mentality that he's building with this team. And they are like, they're a million percent behind this guy. Like, he's building a, a, a legit contender type of culture there in New York right now. They just need the talent to back it up. And the first thing they need to do is get rid of Daniel Jones. They do. I gave Daniel Jones over the past year a lot of leeway and a lot of, um, I don't know. I, I didn't think he was that bad. You know, he's he came up through the Manning era, the Manning family. Um, learning everything from them. But this season, honestly, has shown it, it doesn't really, you know, he had a lot of mistakes last year, which is typical of a rookie. Second year, still learning, new system, got that. But my gosh, does he make bad decisions with the football? He is. He j he is not a quarterback that you're going to he's, know, not, he's not. Your, the, he's not their future quarterback. You're not going to put your franchise behind this guy. No, he's he's more like a third string quarterback. He's fine as a backup, I think. I, I would the, I would show him as a backup's backup. They need depending on what their record is at the end of this year, they might be in play for one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, like a yeah. Justin Fields or somebody like that. And you can't pass on somebody like that. No. Um. But they got to find themselves a quarterback. They do. You know, but I mean. Giants played well. I mean, you, nobody expected this game to be that. I figured this was going to be a monster blowout. Yeah. With the way Tampa was playing. But the Giants moved to 1-7, and seven and the Bucks moved to whatever they moved to. Yeah, it's a tough game. Yeah. Tough loss right there for Giants fans. Um, well, before we close out this week's episode, let's talk. Leaders. Leaders. Let's start with passing, shall we? Let's do it. Through week eight, through halfway through the season. Numero uno. Leader in yards. Quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Adios. Ryan. With 2,462 <laughs> yards through these eight games. Second, Patrick Mahomes with 2,315. Joe Burrow, number three on the list with 2,272. Your guy. Number four, Tom Brady with 2,189. Number five, Josh Allen with 2,148. Cool. Let's go with, let me change some of these stats here because I don't want to bring in Let's these do odd things. Rushing. Let's do touchdowns first for passing. Okay. Russell Wilson leading the charge with 26 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, number two with 21. 
There's a tie for third between the old guys, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady with 20. Then you got Ryan Tannehill at five with 17. Cool. Who's the leader with interceptions? Well, that would be the one and only Carson Wentz with 12 picks this year already. Kirk Cousins second with 10. Daniel Jones third with nine. And then there's like a bajillion way tie. For fourth, between Cam Newton, Fitzmagic, Baker Mayfield, Nick Foles, and Kyler Murray with seven. It's about like six people, I want to say. Five. Five. Um, let's move on to rushing. Let's do it. Rushing yards. Rushing yards. The one and only Derrick Henry with 780 yards. Dalvin Cook, number two, with 652. Number three, rookie sensation, C-E-H, Clyde Edwards, E-Lair with 572. E-Lair. My boy TG, two. Todd Gurley. With 531 at number four. And a two-way tie between for fifth between Kareem Hunt and Rojo with 529. Wow. Touchdown leader, number one, Dalvin Cook with 10 touchdowns. There is a tie for second between Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley with eight. Yes. And then a four-way tie for fourth between Aaron Jones, James Conner, Zeke, and Josh Jacobs with five. Receiving. Receiving. Let's go with yards. That's only in GOAT status, sir. Number one in yards, DeAndre Hopkins has a very slim lead on this one with 704. Stephon Diggs, number two, with 695. Robbie Anderson, number three, with 689. Number four, DK Metcalf. Star Scream is what I'm calling him these days. Mr. Binky. 680. And number five, my boy, Calvin Ridley, with 657. Let's talk... Touchdowns now. Let's do it. There is a six-way tie for first place in Whoa. touchdowns by receivers, and that is Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, and Tyler Lockett. That's right, I said it. Two players from the Seattle Seahawks with seven touchdowns. Right next on that Whoa. list, Calvin Ridley with six. Whoa. Um... That is absolutely insane that yeah. there are that many uh, players tied for first. <laughs> yeah. Um, with seven touch, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. What a week eight. Phenomenal. I mean, when you think about it, we had some really good football games. You had the Cincinnati Bengals. Stunning. Your man, Joe Burrow. Stunning. The Tennessee Titans. Like, who honestly saw that one coming? You. I picked the Titans, though. Oh. I just, you know. Didn't have any faith in your man, Joe. Well, it's just, you just don't expect that. That's just ridiculous. But it happens. I know. All right, let's finish off one more thing on this episode, and that is the NFL's Players of the Week. We have... You start with AFC or NFC? Let's do AFC. AFC, Offensive Player of the Week, Patrick Mahomes. We already talked about his stats. Completion percentage of 73.8%, 416 yards, five touchdowns, passer rating of 144.4. Yes. 
can't get any better than that. No. It's ridiculous. Defense. Uh, defensive player of the week. Defensive end Pittsburgh Steelers. Steven it. nine tackles, three tackle for loss, two sacks. AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Miami Dolphins. Punt returner, kick returner, specialist, Jakeem Grant. 88-yard punt return for a touchdown. The first punt return for a touchdown in the 2020 season. Also had 45 yards in kick return yardage. Let's NFC. switch it over to the NFC. Let's do it. And I'm going to flip the order here. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, kicker. From the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Suckup, four for four for field goals, one for one for points after a total of 13 points. NFC Defensive Player of the Week, linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner. B-Wags with 11 tackles, three tackle for loss, and two sacks. NFC Offensive Player of the Week, the only one. That could have done this. The people's champion running back from the Minnesota Vikings and winner between the Dalvin Cooks against the Green Bay Packers, of course, running back Dalvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings, 163 yards rushing, 63 yards receiving for a total of 226 yards overall for yards of scrimmage and four total touchdowns. That about wraps it up, folks. <laughs> that does. That wraps up the week eight review with the All Out Blitz podcast. For all you new listeners out there, appreciate you listening. This, of course, again is just an awesome uh, time I get to spend with my boy. Nice father son football podcast here. So appreciate y'all listening. For everybody that's been listening for a while, thank you again. Everybody, please share this with your friends, family, and whoever. If you didn't like it, forget you listened to it and find another good one to listen to. But uh, let's just keep celebrating good football here. But uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back tomorrow with our preview of week nine. Nine. So everybody out there, enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll be back tomorrow dropping some week nine fun for the NFL. Yeah. All right. Well, Peace. from myself here and Brady. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace out. Bye.